Hey, everybody. Welcome to the AltaCast slash some call me Tim. I don't know if LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, is calling in or not. I believe she's out of town. We'll see. I was also hoping that uh, old Dumbface himself would give us a ring of jingle uh, all the way out there from St. Louis, Missouri. So we're hoping for that. But uh, I am writing a musical right now. And it is called, I'm, hey, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, chilling with you, uh, you know, for a couple more times. But I wrote, I wrote, I'm writing this musical called Ecclesiastical Prudence. And it's about a girl who was cursed when she was eight by a pack of global warming nuns uh, that are very woke. And they cursed her to be a nun. And then she grows up. No one wants to play spin the bottle with her. She's got all these bullies. She likes boys. Boys aren't into her. She starts doing theater. She likes all these guys. They're all gay. <laughs> what do you say, Gary? Want to make out after the play? Anyways, it's a fun song. We're both into that drama thing. The other boys said, you could make me sing. Anyway, so, and then she... Uh, tries to fall in love it's not working she ends up meeting these oh and jesus talks to her the whole time um then she does mushrooms with these rainbow hippie kids in she sees jesus and then jesus is live a corporeal existence on stage with her and they decide to save a bunch of cats anyways this song is called i wrote it yesterday slash today and uh <laughs> it's called a message unread because you know when you you know, it was inspired by Facebook. And you know when you send a message and then they don't read it and they don't open it and it just stays there and you're like, ah, I see what's happening. <laughs> you're choosing not to open my message. That's interesting. That's an interesting choice. Um, okay. So, yeah. Message on red. It's only been one day. Nothing unsaid. I'm sure he'll open it today. I tried to be cute. I tried to be cordial. He's put me on mute. Maybe he'll open it tomorrow. Message unread. It's only been two days. Will he read what I said? Be patient. Everything will be okay. Don't wind yourself into a tizzy. He's probably most likely busy. <sighs> Message unread. Now it's been three days. I'm sure he's not dead. Just dropped his phone into the bay. What if he's dead on the floor in his kitchen? Will the cat eat his head? I should probably call him. I mean, that makes sense. He hasn't been on the internet to see my message because... He hit his head opening the refrigerator too hard and then he fell back on the counter and he reached for something, anything to steady himself. But the knives were out from the night before making a grilled cheese sandwich and now he's bleeding out on the formica. I have to call him. Jesus' voice. No, Prudence. Don't do it. Just wait. Have faith, my dear patient Prudence. Message unread. Now it's been seven whole days. This feeling of dread. 
That's my new song. Isn't it good? I mean, <laughs> I'm fucking proud of myself. <laughs> I wrote another. So that's the ninth song in the musical, um, which is like, why am I writing a musical? I don't know. I was inspired. I love musicals. I, I would, you know, I would love to someday produce this musical, but I mean, it's what a, what a dream, right? But it, it, it really is, um, it's very easy because of the cast. It's Prudence who plays all the different ages of Prudence, one character, one person. And then Jesus is a voice and then becomes a person, a hot guy in a diaper, so, <laughs> on stage. And then there's five other characters that are the chorus and they play all the other parts. They play the nuns, they play the rainbow hippies, they play the boys that she, so it's ideally it's three guys and two girls or non-binary because they switch back and forth. They're the, they're the chorus, they're the you know Greek chorus. So it's, it's a cast of seven, which is not difficult. And I have nine songs now. <laughs> and I'm really stoked about it. Um, the song after this one is the, I'm repurposing a song I wrote a long time ago that hasn't been anywhere. Um, but the, so why am I still paying rent at the one bedroom residential apartment in my heart? Anyway, it's kind of a country tune, but um, it works for the musical. So I'm throwing it in there after the message on red song. Cause she's like all lamenting, like, why doesn't he like me? Um, and then there's all these other uh, great, great songs um, that I will most likely sing for you. Uh, we'll see if <laughs> today is the day. Um, the, I, my other one, I just, I love it so much is, um, ecclesiastical prudence, the song, the, 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 what I got the name from was from the song. And it's funny when you write things and then they come together in the strangest ways. Anyway, I love writing musicals and you know, someday I, I mean, okay. So I'm going to put on some music. We're going to hope for a phone call and, um, yeah. Uh, I'm here and I'm going to look up some of the other songs because I have them. I've sent them to myself, of course, <laughs> on whatever medium because um, I typed them out on an old computer and then ugh, it had a, it had a DVD player and I was renting all these. They have free DVD rentals at the library. Amazing. And so because I don't have Internet at my house, I was watching DVDs like all kinds of cool old movies, weird, weird stuff. And um really great movies a lot of them and then I was sleeping with my computer on me and I knocked it over and now it now I broke the DVD player because it's a, it's a laptop from like 2010 or something insane I used it in graduate school so it's an old why do I collect old laptops I why do we all like I'm gonna get the information off it someday sure I am yeah all my novels that are never gonna be produced or I mean I guess I could that's one of the funny things about being in graduate school is that you create this huge just lake of material and then what happens to it you know I, I can go I'm I feel like I've written enough that I never have to write another world word and I can go back and actually just edit all that stuff and make it way better since I'm a better editor now but creatively I like to write musicals so there we have it uh let's listen to some exciting music and uh, we'll be back.
When you walk down the street, all the cheats are skip a beat. I don't blame you, baby. Cause you really know just what to do. Every time you touch me, it feels like a bowl from out of the blue. Okay, just because I have the opportunity, I'm absolutely going to sing my songs. Because <laughs> why else? What else am I doing here today? Um, okay, so this is the title song, Ecclesiastical Prudence. It happens kind of in the middle, though. It's when Jesus becomes alive. Um, but I never wanted to become a dried up sexless nun. But cursed when I was eight, now I have to be one. I swear it's all a big mistake. Now I have to masturbate. Never wanted to become ecclesiastical space. But now is in me. I married the idea of the perfect man. An ever-loving zombie who makes wine and is part God. I can't expect you to understand that he is in me. My Lord and my Christ, the one who saves me from advice and STIs. He's the only man who'll ever be truly inside me the one eternally 
E-T-E-N-R-L-O-Y, eternally inside me. Anyway, that's the that's the song. Um, okay, so this is the It's Awake, Are You Woke? It's the first scene, and there's the chorus of dead nuns, and they're the global warming nuns. Domine et domino, this Latin is just for show. Domine et some lingo, we believe in rain and snow. It's awake, are you woke? Swirling stars and heavens above, our Jesus has eternal love. We pledge our weather systems to him and live lives free from damned sin. It's awake, are you oak, woke? We sisters tell you all bad news. Global warming's real, don't be confused. Get thee to a nunnery before you're 23. Do not defile, be chaste, or your soul will waste. It's awake, are you woke? Look at this dead nun. Was her life super fun? If you like to pray away the day and ponder all the things that are beyond her and never question all the bonds, have faith in God, Jesus is our one. We sisters tell you all bad news. The warming's real, don't be confused. It's awake, are you woke? Get thee to a nunnery. Have faith and just believe. We know you're only eight. Did we get you too late? It's awake, are you woke? Kiss the corpse, kiss the corpse. You're going to be a good little nun when you grow up. Kiss the corpse. We sisters tell you all bad news. The warming's real, don't be confused. It's awake, are you woke? Can you imagine it, all the sisters swirling around the little prudence? Okay, this song I don't have very well put together son- sonically, but the words are kind of there. And um, this is, you're a prude and pr- Prudence is 11 and she wants to play spin the bottle. Uh, dearest Prudence, because I didn't want to do like dear Prudence, but it's kind of the same. But dearest Prudence, no one wants to play with you. Dearest Prudence, this bottle spins before the few. Won't play with prudence anyway. Who wants to kiss a prude today? Or even Tuesday? Ugh, gross. You look like a dude. Tee-hee, tee-hee, we're just kids, we're not bullies. Tee-hee, tee-hee, can't you take a joke? So I sit in the back of my classes, hiding behind my glasses. No one kiss her, she's a prude. Oh my God, looks like a dude. Is she even a she? Prude, dude, she's so rude. We think she's a he. Tee hee hee hee. We're just kids, we're not bullies. Tee hee tee hee. Can't you take a joke? Uh, don't listen to the we. So I sit in the back of my glasses, hiding behind my glasses. Jesus, help me be strong. I don't know the tune for this, but Jesus, help me be stronger, please. Help me belong to a group, something bigger than me. Dear God, make me a part of the we. How rude. That prude is always mumbling. Who are you talking to? An invisible something? Prude's making out with her invisible friend. Tee-hee, tee-hee. Can't you take a joke? Your mom's a joke. Ooh. Uh, and then, again, I don't know what the song part for this, but Jesus, please hold my hand. You're the only one who understands. 
I can tell you about boys and why Troy will never like me. I don't want to be a prude. I don't think I look like a dude. And even if I did, who would suffer more than this? There is prudence. No one wants to play with you. There is prudence. This bottle spins before the few. Won't play with prudence anyway. Who wants to kiss a prude today or even Tuesday? Ew, gross. Okay. This next one, um, Prudence is backstage at the play. She's now 21. Prudence wants some action, but everyone is gay. <laughs> what do you say, Gary? Want to make out after the play? Maybe today, Gary, is that twinkle in your eye a maybe? With this bottle and two cups, we can go get drunken. No, wait. Don't run away. Don't run away, Gary. I thought we were friends, Gary. I mean, we're both in the play, Gary. What the fuck is wrong with me? Hey, what is the fuss, Gus? Wanna make out on the back of the bus? We're both on the way to that drama thing. The other boy said you could make me sing. With this bottle and two cups, we can go get drunken. No, wait. Think of us, Gus. Gus, I thought we were friends. Gus, we sit next to each other all the time. You are my jam, Sam. I'll be peanut butter and you'll be my man. I've got a plan, Sam. I have enough enthusiasm for us both. With this bottle and two cups, we can go get drunken. But we're both in the play, Gary. And we always sit together on the bus, Gus. You're my jelly and my jam, Sam. I have enough enthusiasm for us both. But we kiss in the play, Gary. Hey, Lee, do you have the key? Why can't you just give in to lust, Gus? Oh, my God. Is every one of you gay? And they all go, yay, because she finally gets it. Um, okay, I'm done singing. I don't want to sing this next one, but it's a good one. Um, and then there's, there's a part where um, gone, gone, gonorrhea, gone. At 28, Prudence has FOMO because everyone in her friend group is diagnosed with gonorrhea except her. Drink, and I don't know the tune to this part, but the line is, drink for 23 hours and have unprotected sex. Read Nietzsche when I am depressed. Whisper, whisper, whisper that. No need to whisper. We've all got the clap. Antibiotics all around. No big deal. Don't frown. Wait, you? And Gus and Gary, too? Did everyone get it except for Prue? What was the party? What was the night? Where was my invite? Prue, it wasn't spite, I assure you. Yeah, I assure you. Gone, gone, gonorrhea. I have FOMO for a disease. What was the party? Where you all had group sex without me. Gone, gone, gonorrhea. I thought I had friends, but best believer. Sam and Gus and even Gary, all of you were fucking without me. Gus and Gary, I certainly get. They're super gay, no disrespect. It's just not fair, but all you guys? Come on, we all know Sam is bi. They all nod and agree. Get thee to a nunnery, all laugh. Come on, Prue, can't you take a joke? Gone, gone, gonorrhea. The only one without it, and I see ya. A sexless future just for me. Eternally. <laughs> um, 
the next song I don't want to sing because it's 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 I don't think it's good enough yet. So I don't want to, you know. And then Prudence gets married, and then she has to break up with Jesus, and uh, yeah. So there you go. I sang some of my I sang some of my musical for you. Never said I never did nothing for you. <laughs> it's it's mostly so I can have the podcast later and be like, what do those what did those songs sound like? No, I will remember when I write a song. I um I always remember. That's not true, <laughs> but I try. Um, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that my buddies call in. I'm going to, we're going to text uh, girlfriend right now, uh, Toya, and see what she's doing. She's going to call in. Uh, and until then, enjoy some Founder on Sound on mutinyradio.fm here in .sf. Care to walk over to my vehicle, now facing northwest, going in a southerly direction at the, at the intercourse, intercourse of Highland and, and Exterior Avenues. And there purchased 27, 27 grams, grams of illegal, of hashish. illegal hashish. How's my Mexican? Don't you let me Thank you. 
Moses, it's old dumb face himself. <laughs> that is me. Uh, how you how you doing out there? Man, uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. I, I'm recovering. I had two surgeries. Oh, my God. What? Yeah, they had to take uh, 12 inches of my colon out. Because I kept getting diverticulitis. What? And then uh, my collarbone was rubbing against my shoulder bone, so they had to cut out like a quarter inch of my collarbone. What? Is this like from yeah. c- carrying heavy iron up in the air? What? It, what is it from? Yeah, the shoulder, it was this whole big thing because I got hurt at work, but then my uh, fake-ass workman comp doctor was like, nah, that's a pre-existing condition. Oh, no, and, from what? Uh, from sleeping in your right. van? <laughs> well, I mean, he's like, you, you buckle your seatbelt, you know, you just got to turn your whole torso to get it. Don't reach across to your body and you'll be fine. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the, the I had to get like I think it was fourteen staples in my <gasps> stomach from when they took out my colon, <gasps> and then uh, it was like the twenty fifth of September I got cleared, and then the 29th they did my shoulder, and uh, I just did my second physical therapy session on my shoulder to try to get uh, the use back to where I was. Whoa! So. Yeah, just hanging out, doing it. So how did you uh, come to the realization you need to live in Greece? Well, um, I'm, I've been producing films with my buddy over there. I, I have a Greek friend that I, I met the first time I was in Greece. And nothing's like, we're just creative partner friends. We're not like, there's nothing like anything like that. But um, I've gone back to Greece like five times now. And, um, and I love it there. And I, like, I love who I am there. And I'm, you know, I, there's, I don't think San Francisco can give me anything anymore. I, I've kind of reached the end of my tenure here. Um, there's nowhere for me to go in comedy. They're never going to pass me at the punchline. Um, there's the six biggest shows in town won't book me for whatever reason from the past. Or people leave my messages unread. It's it's very... Um, difficult because I, you know, I, I got to headline Cobbs and I did 45 minutes and, you know, I've done my eighth festival and I've never been on comedy day because people don't like, so it's one of those things of like, I'm done fighting. I've, I've done this for 10 years with the station and it's just, it doesn't make money and nobody really wants it anymore. And I, I don't feel like, you know, there's a couple places that I, like I work, I, I do comedy every night of the week. And I, like last night I was booked, um, I got to host the Condor at the strip club. And it's so fun because I get to show my tits. I love it. Um, and no, it's really fun. So I love it. It's hella funny. Hella funny fucks with me. Tonight I'm at Taupe with hella funny. They're great. They're amazing. And I get bookings here and there. And like Alameda Comedy Club fucks with me. But, um, and Cobbs, because of hella funny, you know, I, I did Cobbs three times in, in, um, October so like Stroy likes me and I'm lucky right because without him I would because there's so many people that won't book me and it's funny because they all grew up in my room anyways so that's the whole point is that the people who are in charge of the scene are people that for decided for whatever reason that they don't think I'm funny which is impossible because every time I perform people come up to me after and they're like you're hilarious oh you're so smart and funny and blah 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 and um and I have so many jokes so I've just 
there's nowhere for me to grow here. And I, and I just, I become such a bitter, angry person. I mean, Jonathan has this girlfriend he's been with for almost the whole year. Um, you know, there's nothing for me in San Francisco. There's no man keeping me here. There's no, the, the station isn't, I'm closing the doors on the, the 31st. I'm going to keep open mics going until June um, with other people and, and me and stuff and sort of doing it remotely. Me doing like the promo and stuff, but they're going to run the open mics. Um, and I'm moving out of my apartment, you know, I'm giving away my cats and, um, and I'm trying to get an extended visa right now. But if I don't, I'll go for three months, make the film, hopefully be able to extend my visa. If I can't, I'll have to come back to America after 180 days because you can only be in the EU 180 or 90 of 180 days. So I would have to leave for three months and then go back. But I'm trying to get a teaching job over there at a university because, you know, I have those advanced degrees. And um, everyone speaks English. At least my buddy does. And his friend group, they all do. And it seems everybody speaks English there, honestly. And I'll learn Greek, you know, if I, whatever. But yeah, that's so I'm, I just, I feel like I'm, I'm 49 years old, you know, and what I'm going to, I'm going to die a bitter old woman in San Francisco lamenting that the punchline won't put me up. I mean, they haven't put me up since Father's Day and that was great because it was a sold out crowd, but there were no comedians there. So no one got to see me fucking murder it, which sucks because the only reason to go to the punchline is to murder it in front of all the comedians. And so they haven't put me up in six months now you know they because they don't look at me as a comic they look at all these other people and it's fine and that's why I'm leaving is that you know I I know where I'm not wanted and if I'm not invited to the party and I'm not being invited to stay why keep beating my head against it and being angry with everybody for not liking me you know what I mean no I know exactly what you mean like if you're not invited to the party what's the point of trying to see which windows open you could sneak through Right. If ultimately, the people still just don't want you there. Exactly. It's, I mean, all the biggest shows, They although it's not the biggest show because last Saturday, one of those shows that I found out there's a new booker and I contacted them and they left my message unread. But um, it inspired me to write a, a new song for my musical. So that's good. So I'm nine songs into my musical now. But um, good. Yeah. And that's the thing too is like, I can do all kinds of shit. Like I just had another poem published and I'm writing this crazy musical and I'm producing films in Greece. I don't, I don't need to be, and people keep calling, or oh, you're the godmother of San Francisco. Come if I was the godmother, people would treat me with respect. I would be booked on everything. They call you the godmother. They call me the godmother of San Francisco comedy, but they won't put me on comedy day. Never been on that. The punchline doesn't see me as an entity. Um, and either do all the Have kids. Have you talked th- to that, that gal that ran that place? That what? Have you talked to the, the gal that ran that place? The gal that ran what place? Or that, like, booked all the cobs and punchline. I don't remember her name. Oh, it's not a girl anymore. Or Molly? Yeah. Well, she's a, I think, she knows me because I'm at Cobbs all the time, but it's it's Ron Vi who's still, he's the guy who's, he watches things from afar, and he's got, the, the people who book at the punchline now are Ben Feldman and Steve, uh, something and um, and they and, and although it's funny because I've been on Comedy Oakland a bunch and that's one of Ben's rooms and he's seen me do I mean that's the funny thing is everybody's seen me do really well like I I've been doing this for 12 years like I, it, I'm I can't be it's one of those things of like I wish someone would tell me that I suck but 
so that I'd give it up. But I, I don't suck because audiences laugh at my jokes. Like, so, so I'm like, right. anyway, it's, I think that I will thrive in Greece. Um, you know, and it's a totally new place and I'm 49 years old. What the fuck am I doing? Right? Like how many more years do I have left and why be unhappy? Like why, why right. be angry and unhappy? And that's not going to change because there's nothing I can do to change. Me running open mic seven nights a week and helping everybody does not help me. You told me this years ago. Like I've yeah. been pretending that my hard work and dedication to everyone else's success, you know, holding the ladder. I've always been help, hoping for someone to throw a hand back to me. But every time they climb up the ladder, they pull the ladder up behind them. And it's like, you know, I helped them. I helped them in the beginning and now they choose to, and one of them even said, I only think you got a couple good bits, Pam, except that person's never going to headline cops because they keep doing the same 10 minutes over and over and over and over. And that's one way to do comedy, I guess. But I don't know. So have you, are you doing any more of it? No. um, God, a couple years back, I, uh, I got an offer to headline. And I wasn't going to do it, but uh, my youngest uh, stepdaughter is transgender. And um, the amount of money that they were offering me was the same amount of money needed for her to legally change her name. Oh, rad. So I, I took it, and it was at an AA meeting, which was all right. And, you know, it was booked out far enough. I'm like, well, I'm going to, you know talk about my whole new life and everything else and like <clears throat> I just I don't have the ability to focus on comedy every single day mm. like I think you need to and so then like it basically resulted with me in the last like two weeks listening to every old piece of material I ever recorded to try to remember what I used to say when a I bird, did this job a bird comes down and rips off the roof would you yeah, love me like, if a giant bird? <laughs> I remember some of your material. Dude, there's certain bits that, like, I'm listening to going, I don't know why the fuck I ever said this. I, I don't think it's funny, but people would laugh at these parts, and I just need people to laugh. So I'm going to retrain myself how to parrot this. Um, But, you know, one thing that was crazy... I, you know, Pam, I don't, I don't know what it is, but, you know, you talk about how, like, for whatever reason, people don't appreciate, you know, what you've done for them, what you're capable of doing as an artist, and, like, how long you've been doing it. So they feel like, you know, for whatever reason, they can just kind of brush you off or blow you off or, you know, not give you any of the credit that you're essentially due, right? Yeah. I have this thing, for whatever reason, people think that they can just make horrendous allegations about me that are not based in truth and that somehow that shit will be okay. So, like, my very last comedy gig uh, was at the St. Louis Funny Bone. Oh, uh uh-huh. And it coincided with my first week of being an iron worker. So this is like 2018 or so, right? And 
by this point, like I'm a pretty bad drunk. <laughs> I've got a, I, I'm like kind of dating this waitress that was up there and, you know, we got shit faced drunk and I said something and I said something that essentially when read out of context was really mean, mm. but it was meant to be funny in that, like, this is so mean, there's no way I could possibly believe this kind of a thing. And so anyway, she took that completely out of context and she was mad at me. And then she took it to the owner of the <sighs> club's son who was trying to also date her and did some like, oh, look at what uh, Poji's doing to me, blah, 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 blah. And I got fired from the rest of the week. Whoa. Yeah. That's so and malicious. Like, That's so malicious. That's so... And I just kind of took it as like, you know what, this is like the end of my comedy. Like, I'm, I'm switching careers now. I'm not trying to do two careers, I'm switching careers. Yeah. Well, four, five, about five years later since that, um, the Funny Bone opens up another club in, a, in like two or three cities over from where this original club is, which is in the town that I now live in. So I stopped by, and uh, that guy's there that got me fired from my week. And... He comes up to me and he's so apologetic. Oh, wow. And that basically this chick like went full blown. I mean, I realized how venomous she was because she was telling me like, I know my way around a courtroom Oof. and I know how to handle union halls. If you think that you're going to fuck with me, like, like this psycho kind of switch flip shit. And, um, he, he, he was telling me that she basically, you know, after enough time had passed and flipped on the entire club and like was trying to sue the club. Whoa. And, uh, I had to write out like a whole thing about what happened between me and her. And because I wrote that thing out, it was shown, uh, like how malicious this girl was and her case was kicked out. Otherwise oh. they would have owed her a ton of money wow. off of her allegations. And so he was super uh, forgiving to me and everything else. But at the same time, it's like, you know how long I had to walk around with that chip on my shoulder? Sure. That somebody was saying this horrible shit about me that I never did? Yeah. Well, yeah. guess what the oldest stepdaughter did? <laughs> Married her? She, no. She starts telling everyone that she doesn't feel safe around me. <gasps> And that I'm dangerous. She's telling anybody and everybody who will fucking listen. Oh. And, you know, my, my wife was a victim of verbal abuse. And she's a really sweet and loving woman. Like, she just wants to be able to, like, exist in the world and just love the people that matter to her. And when it comes time to confrontation and shit like that, dude, she just wilts like a flower in a microwave. <laughs> <clears throat> and so, like, the stepdaughter's running around saying all this crazy shit, and my wife is silent because she doesn't know how to handle that kind of confrontation. Like, the fear she feels over confrontation 
is the same fear you would feel if you were at Bender's and somebody walked in waving a gun. <laughs> I haven't been to I, Bender's. I haven't been to Bender's in over a year because I gave Jonathan the bar. Like, I, I don't want to go there. I don't want to see his new girlfriend. I don't want to watch him be happy with someone else. <laughs> I'm not okay with that. I'm too narcissistic. Well, but yes, I understand. But I thought you were cooking there up until the pandemic. Yeah, and someone comes in waving a gun. That's, that. sure, anxiety. Yeah, so, confrontation, bad news. Dude, I mean, so eventually she told, uh, you know, she told the stepdaughter, you got to get out of our house. This is the same girl that I was ready to fucking fight the principal at her school after she got raped and they said they weren't going to do shit. Um, so anyway, that, that all got somewhat resolved recently. All right. But five years, um, that's a long time to, dude, for things to shuffle out and people to realize the truth. That's kind of a super bummer. <laughs> but I mean, you've been in that position whenever those uh, those heifers storm the gates at your show, saying that right, you support right, women right. because you know that girl got fingered or whatever. Yeah, that all that's. I think that's. I honestly think that's why. That's why I've been. I mean, I know there's a ban on me. I know there is. How could there be anything but? And here's the other thing. There's this stupid group called Mermaid Pants, and it's a secret girl bacon. You're not even allowed to say my name in it, or they'll kick you out. Because Maria de Plutus got kicked out because she was like, what about Pam? And they're like, we don't say that name here. So there's truly like a large conspiracy. So that's the thing is when I feel paranoid and uncomfortable, there's a reason for it because people actively don't like me here. For whatever reason, because of, and this is the crazy thing, none of the people who are involved do comedy anymore. It's all been over for so long. And half the people who run, run the rooms now weren't even around when any of that happened. So it's just, it's one of those things that people, I am bullied through exclusion. And I'm just tired of it because I've been working so hard for everybody. And that, and Mutiny Radio's kind of lost its popularity. People really aren't coming to my open mics as much as they used to. It's just sort of all floundering. And that's fine. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I don't have to be here. I have yeah. other opportunities. And if, if I can't, if I can't get the extra visa and I can only be for three months, then I'm going to come back to the United States for three months and I'm going to travel everywhere because I've done eight fucking festivals and I know everybody all over the goddamn country that I can stay with. Like, people will fight right. over having me stay on their couch for a week. Are you kidding me? Like, I'll cook for them. I'll do their dishes. It'll be awesome. Dude, I, was gonna, I, got a, I got a guest bedroom and extra vehicles. You could just come live here for three months or whatever, or ever long you need this. Well, I've, I'll talk to the Funny Bone first and get some bookings. And, uh, and then... Oh, yeah, no. I, yeah, I and then absolutely. People, they think I'm still crazy. You're still crazy? I'll be like, you're going to book Pam Benjamin or I'm going to come drink at your show. What's the future you want? <laughs> Are you still on the wagon? Yeah, I, I actually, uh, because of all the surgeries and stuff, um, you know, not only have I not drank, but I also, uh, I haven't smoked a cigarette since August 9th. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Do you think the diverticulitis was, was from the alcohol? From like, did, did they say what it was from? Like why it happened? Was it? Because you I mean, eat shitty food, or so there's no clear cut thing of what causes it. However, they do know that like uh, smoking agitates it. Like I, uh, I fell off the wagon for a little while as like shit got really, really crazy uh, 
at my house with my wife and the kids and everything. And, um, you know, there was, when you're not familiar with something, whether that's trauma response or mental illness, um, if you're not familiar with it or know how to identify it, you're going to essentially misidentify it as something that you think could be the cause of whatever behavior is happening. Uh-huh. And dude, I'm telling you, like we went through the most fucking insane shit. And, uh, it just, it psychologically broke me for a while. And so I started to think that I could drink again and everything else. And then it, it built up in a real bad night. And I haven't drank since then, which has been over a year now. It was in October of last year. Wow. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, I've I've smoked uh, pot a little bit more. We we got it recreational out here. Ooh, really? And uh, because uh, my stomach was so fucked up, I mean, dude, I went through, like, endoscopies and colonoscopies. Oh. I had over a, I think it's, uh, $115,000 in medical bills this what? year. But I have bomb-ass insurance since I'm a union member. Wow. So I didn't pay. I paid like 700 bucks. Wow. Um, colonoscopies yeah. are the worst, and it's not them sticking the camera up your butt. That's no big deal. It's, the, it's right. that cleanse you have to do the day before is a Dude. fucking nightmare. It is so, the worst thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> is the 24 dude, hours. For whatever reason, ever since I was a little kid, I've been able to fight off anesthesia like you wouldn't fucking believe. So my Indian doctor, he's, he's very cool. His name's Dr. Khan. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm laying on my side. I've got the thing in my mouth to like hold my mouth open. I'm in my gown in this cold room. And they're like, uh, you're going to feel a, a warm sensation coming up your arm. And uh, my vision on like the very outside starts to like get wobbly, but I'm able to like maintain my focus and just hone in. And I'm staring at my doctor and the nurse is like, is he, is he down? And my doctor's just going, no, he's looking at me. And then he just kind of sit there and, Okay, is he down? He is still looking at me. <laughs> and I, I held on and fought it for a while, and then finally I went down. But, dude, the, the prep was brutal. The prep for stomach surgery is even worse. Yeah, the, the prep for the colonoscopy up, was terrible. Dude, you wake up from the cleanse. You got all these staples in you. You got a oh. catheter in you. Oof. You're fucking laying on some old, worn-out medical bed, and your fucking back hurts, dude. It was, it was insane. Oh, nightmare. Well, but, I'm glad so you're okay. You, and you, you, you yeah, I'm, I'm good now. You didn't get hooked on any opiates, so that's amazing. No, I, I that's what I use the medical marijuana for. Okay, gotcha. Because I'm like, dude, I sucked with alcohol, and you can get that at a gas station. I'm not trying to get. <laughs> You know, right. hydrocodone. Exactly. Get, let's get addicted and, to something else. Woo! No, no. Right. Who wants to be the fucking Zach Wiseman in Missouri? Oh, Zach Wiseman's still alive. Um, I see Thank him. God. I saw him recently, and um, he's not looking good. He's still. I think he's smoking fentanyl, uh, but he doesn't look like he's shooting it up. So that's good. Um, 
And it's, but every time I see him, I'm like, Zach, and I'm very excited. And then he like kind of slinks away. Like he does not want to interact with me. Um, he doesn't want the recognition of who he used to be. Right. Well, because he was, I still, I, every time anyone does a suicide joke or jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, I just do his joke verbatim. Um, I don't understand why people jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. Peak to roadway, ample distance to kill yourself. Oh, why don't you jump onto the Golden Gate Bridge? Peak to roadway, ample distance to kill yourself, and it works every time. Uh, or why don't? <laughs> what about uh, Leslie Smalls? Is she? Still she's gone. Around? She hasn't been. No, there's so many people are gone. There's so many new people, and the the new people are all of a sudden. So like, I really during the pandemic, I leveled up because I never stopped doing comedy. I, I was doing it outdoor and a bunch of different places. I was running a lot of shows outdoors and doing things in front of the station. I just never stopped, you know? So I got a lot better. And there were some people that came up and got better with me. And that was great. But then when the pandemic reopened, everything went back to the way it was. And all the clout that I had gained was immediately lost. And now new people started and then they've already moved up and they're already passed at the punchline. And it's only been like a year since they started. It's weird shit. And then there's people like Greg Gettle, who is passed, which is crazy to me. And he performed the other day. And I counted, not kidding, 53 ums. He said um 53 times in a seven-minute set. Why would I know that? Because it was so annoying that I started counting them. Because this is what the punchline considers past. This is what's talented. 53 ums. That is lazy comedy. Conservation of language. Why would you continue saying um? Like, you know. You know what I mean? It kills me. It kills me when I see people who are supposedly so much better than me and they cannot speak their own words like it it just pisses me off and then they're they're all too good to go to open mics anymore you never see them at an open mic any of them because they're all so good and they're on so many shows yet they never have to practice really right i mean give me a break like again why do i run seven open mics a week because i need to perform seven nights a week to keep myself like on it and fresh and new material and different ways to do my old material and you know, interact so, riffing. I can riff Sylvan now. Did the Sylvan House blow up? What? Did the Sylvan House go away? Oh, yeah, the Sylvan House is gone. There are still some Sylvans around. Like, so Spencer Devine is killing it right now. God bless him. Um, he's headlining Cobbs on the 10th of December, which is amazing. I'm opening for him. Um, nice. He's killing it. He, he's so funny. And um, Andrew Holmgren is still around, kind of. He still works at an escape room, and he he does a Monday night show with Ben Kalina and another one of them that likes sports. Oh, it's um, Jesse Het. Jesse Het. They run a show on Mondays together. Um, but that's it. That's um, Andrew Moore is married and has a baby now. Justin oh, Gomes. Wow. Uh, lives far away. So Andrew's in LA. Justin Gomes is up in the foothills of California. His chicken um, barn is bigger than my apartment. And um, he wow. is also married and has a baby. Uh, Keith D is still around, but he doesn't, he only does comedy like once in a blue moon and it's with me usually because uh, I don't, I don't have any problem with him and there's nothing, I have nothing against him. Um, so I've seen him. Are they still, is, did that essentially bring down his Yeah, he's, yeah, show? he was, absolutely canceled and it sucks um but there are some people who still let him perform i I let him perform and um tony sparks had him at il parada for tony sparks's birthday um but that's it he's just not he's just not around 
um, and other Sylvans. Right. Let's see. I see Connor um, Marshall went sober. Right, and he actually lives in New York, even though he's still controlling with a very tight fist uh, milk bar. He's another one who decides has decided not to ever book me. Um, he'll book really? me on to hates debates, but I fucking hate hates debates now because I'm going to write new material for what? And it's all the new people that are on it, and it's like, how? why am I competing with these idiots, these yeah. J-cats? It's, it's fine. It's just, you know, I, I will most likely be missed in San Francisco and that, and that doesn't bother me. It'll maybe take people a little while or maybe they just will forget all about me, which is absolutely fine as well because, you know, whatever. <laughs> and there's nothing, if there was anything keeping me here, I would stay. You know, right. If I was getting booked on every show, absolutely I would stay. If I was, if Mutiny Radio was thriving and everyone was loving it I would stay if I had a dude who wanted me to stay I would stay those three things none of there's nothing none of that so it's like right it's a bummer to have to give away all my furniture and um I'm a little bummed about that and my my library I'm gonna try to store it at a friend's house um because you know, if I come, I, my thing, my china, I love my china. I don't want to get rid of my china, which is weird that there's a few things that I just feel like I, yeah. I want to bring to Greece. You know, I have so much art that I love. And anyway, I'm going to work it all out. It's all very scary because it's so, there's so much that's up in the air that is not like decided. And I'm, I'm just like, I just have to keep telling myself I am brave those are just things I can always survive. I'm very talented. Um, and I'll be fine. Like, because, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll be fine. Like, what's going to happen? I mean, you know, I, I, I have some money saved up, which is great. Because um, I always paid my rent a year in advance. But the beauty of Greece is that the rent is a third of what it is here. So it's like, yeah. it's crazy, right? Um, and it's, I mean, it's all very scary, but. I'm not, I'm not worried because staying here might be scarier. I'm just tired of fighting. I'm tired of like, I'm tired of having to work so hard for people not to appreciate or even like me. Like it's, it's hard too because so many people have become like friend groups because they met here at Mutiny Radio. They all kind of started together and now they won't even, like they won't even fist bump me at the punchline. It's like that. There are people who will not acknowledge my existence on Sundays at the punchline, which is wild to me. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 perfectly fine to fight for what you want, but at the same time, it's not okay to just never stop fighting for something. Yeah. You know, and worst case scenario, dude, you, you can always come to Missouri, you know, stay at my house and then regroup figure out what you want to do next without any kind of crazy pressure or nothing. Right. And we have a fully furnished room that you could stay in. And so, you know, I mean, that would be like, you know, if you had no other option and your family disowned you. And oh yeah. I'm not staying with family, but you, you always, you always got a place here. My, <laughs> my wife and kid have, we've been wanting to have you come out for, some extended time during the winter, um, around Christmas time. And, uh, they want to go out to California and I'm like, nah, man, I don't want to go. 
You know, I'm San like, Francisco is absolutely falling apart. There, there's, yeah. it is, there, I'm telling you, Atlas Cafe, you know, I, I, I do a show there Saturdays. It's right down the street. The, the turkey bacon avocado sandwich is $17 now. And everybody's oh just God. okay with that. Like, a, a hamburger without fries anywhere in the city is $17. This is, and everyone's just like, whatevs. It's wild right. to me that th- things are getting so expensive. And, and, and everyone's a douchebag. Like, people make so much money that they're just assholes. They're just entitled fuckbags. And there's, there's all these still homeless people, poop on the street everywhere, needles, the whole deal. Absolutely. Right. And and $17 hamburgers. So it doesn't make sense. And and that's the other thing is all like the popular comics or whatever, they're all techie douchebags. Like this is like their this, this is like their side gig. Oh, you know what? I have my job at Google, but I also am passed at the punchline. It's like for some of us, this is our life, you know? And to not yeah. be recognized for or to specifically be unrecognized for it is it's weird. It's like why be a hater? But it's it's fine. I don't care. I honestly, I honestly don't care anymore. Like I can't wait to leave. I can't wait to like be because I realize every time I go to Greece that I am like I'm not ugly, right? So like, and I my body looks pretty fucking good for 49, and I'm charming, and I'm funny, and I'm personable, and I can talk to anybody. I forget when I'm here in San Francisco that I'm like really fucking cool because people because comedians are all assholes and they want to the only people that are cool are the people they do cocaine with I guess and I don't do cocaine or whatever I don't know what it is for whatever reason and it and that's okay because I have to remember like and I do whenever I go to Greece I'm like I am fucking charming like (laughs) people (laughs) like me I go yeah. anywhere. I go anywhere than San Francisco, other than San Francisco. And suddenly I have self-esteem again. And I'm like, yeah, I am pretty cool. I did just write a musical. Like, who else, you know, to fucking does that? So. Right. So anyway, tooting my own horn. But I can also, I'm thinking of like, I can stay with Katie, the good doctor, probably if I come back. And it's one of those things where like, it's good to have me live there because like again, no one will have to do a dish. I'll do all the dishes. I'll like clean and be a little chef and chef around and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, dude, if if something happens and you know you end up coming here, my wife is the benefit manager for the largest school district in the area, so we can uh-huh. get you a job teaching before sundown. Oh wow! Yeah, I know. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm def- I I do enjoy I do enjoy teaching. It's very, um, but it, it'd be weird because, you know, <laughs> out, out here, they're like, what do you mean? You don't know how to skin and clean a deer. Like, <laughs> you know, you can get on your little googly ghouls. That's great. But what if you're out in the woods and you know, you got to fight off a bear? What are you going to do then? Um, so. I, I guess with brown bear, wait, it's, um, uh, polar bear, you're dead. Brown bear. Lay down, black bear attack, black attack, brown lay down, white no, bear, you're, you're dead. You're supposed to climb a tree, and if the bear chases you up the tree, it's a black bear. If it pushes the tree over, it's a grizzly. And you're gonna and you're gonna die. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm also afraid of, and it's another reason why Greece is so attractive to me is that 
I think Trump's going to be reelected. I think that's. I don't know, man. That scares me. I think it's a real possibility because I've heard Democrats in San Francisco say that if Joe, if Sleepy Joe or Jim Jim Crow Joe, (laughs) as Latoya calls him, if he runs again, (laughs) that they'll vote for Trump. And this is Democrats that I know, which is wild to me. Um, so I mean, and black people, (laughs) they're black, black Democrats. I'm like, what? They're going to vote for Trump. What? Um, but it's, it's a very scary reality. And if that happens, I wonder if I can get an extended visa because I can be like, I'm a political asylum. (laughs) Right. I'm a refugee. Yeah. I'm a refugee. I'm seeking political asylum in Greece. I, but you know what? Maybe it would be good if, he won a second term because once that term was over, then we don't have to worry about him again. Oh, well, he'll change if he the loses, law. If he loses, we're going to have to worry about him every four years coming oh. back up and then this excuse to keep him hanging around like a fucking dingleberry. But he's going to die real soon. No biggie. He's old. He's super old. I don't know. I, I feel like that there's enough people who were lifelong politicians that hold a grudge against him that they want to see. They're going to figure out a way to take all of this shit from him. <laughs> I hope so. But, um, yeah, that's another reason why I, I have no problem leaving the country. And and and, and thank you for the option of, because I'm trying to get this extended visa, and if I don't, it's going to be wacky, but I'll just spend three months there, and I'll try to make as many contacts as I can to come back three months later. And, um, and seriously, I found a furnished apartment for 390 euros a month. That's insane. It's furnished and it's in a real cute part of town. Like it has a view of the, uh, of the Acropolis and everything. It's like in the Monastraki, which is this really cool district. Um, it's like a, yeah, I, I think you go out there and you have no concerns about looking back because even if you bust it out harder than you could imagine, you'd still have places to land. So, yeah. And, and worrying about it's going to be, oh, this is a good quote for you. Uh, worrying is paying interest on a loan that never comes due. <laughs> yeah. I, neither a borrower nor a lender be uh, of, yeah. of anything, even metaphorically. Right. But yeah, I'm not. But it's like they tell you not to make yourself sick worrying about stuff. But at the same time. If you didn't worry a little bit, then you wouldn't really be fully responsible. You know what I mean? But I'm preparing. I mean, I've already, um, I'm, I've made a CV and I'm, I'm update, (laughs) I'm updating it a little better because I just sort of slammed it out there, but I've applied to some jobs in already in Greece and I've gone to the Greek consulate and I've figured out what I need. That's one of the things in order to get the extended visa, they want me to have my job first. Um, which is kind of difficult, but I'm going to try. But then, um, and then I show them my plane ticket and my, where I'm going to be staying. Like, look, I've got a place. And um, I have to prove to them, like, I have enough money and look, here's my job. And if I do all of that by December 15th, then I'm golden. That Then I get an extended visa and I can be there like a year, which would be like, what? Um, So that's the goal. But if I have to go back and forth for a couple for a minute that's not a big deal and you know who knows maybe when I move there for three months you know I meet a Greek guy who's like 
crazy for me. And then we get married and then it's fucking easy peasy lemon squeezy. Then I'm just, then I have a little, then I'm an EU citizen or a green card or whatever the fuck they got going on over there. I don't know. Um, and yeah, not, I mean, obviously I'm not. just met, met someone cool enough to be like, hey, you want to swap citizenships? I'll give you a US if you give me a Greek. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, hey. Why not? Well, but also my buddy, so my buddy Nikos, he has a brother named Mahalis who's just a little younger than him. And we get along, but we've never like hooked up or anything, which is on purpose. I think he wants to, I don't right. know. There's a picture of him looking at me when we were at a soccer game and it's like, I'm like, it's like this guy really likes me. Um, but that would be cool. And I know their parents, and this is the other crazy thing. Their, his, their parents, they have a house in Athens for the winter, but during the summer they go up to their farm up by Thessaloniki. It's like, what? They're olive tree farm. Anyways, very cool family. <laughs> so like, I'd be like, um, when you guys are up on the farm, like I could live in your house, take care of it, whatever. Right. Um, Make sure mice don't get in there and shit. Yeah, they're, it's, anyway. You can come visit me in Greece. Um, well, yeah, yeah I, I still worry about leaving the country without giving my propensity for full-blown insanity oh oh you told it together that's the one thing about greece though um the only bad thing is that they they don't like pot there's no pot there's no weed and it's very poo-pooed on it's very like looked down upon like you don't smoke it on your balcony because your neighbors might rat you out or something like it's it's really like verboten and so that's the only why, thing why is that I don't know because they're because maybe they're so religious, but it's a crazy it's a crazy country. They don't have any. There's like one block of homeless people in Greece, and they're all they're like doing heroin, and they keep switching blocks too. And it's in a it's in a um, place called the Amania, which is funny enough, right next to like the most hoity-toity expensive clothing district um, kind of place. But it's it's like one block, and there's people doing heroin. That's it. Nobody nobody lives in tents on the street. Nobody because. They're so like family based and they care so much about family that, you know, your drunk uncle lives with you or lives with grandma or is out on the farm or whatever. Like they take care of each other. Um, so there's a trade off, I guess, but no weed. Right. Yeah. yeah. My, my wife is 42 and she just recently was, we were watching something about, uh, Portland, Oregon and how it's like going to hell. <laughs> and, um, uh, so she was asking me about San Francisco, and then finally she admitted to me that at 42, she's only seen one homeless person in her entire life. What? Yeah. What? That's because crazy. everything out here is spaced out to where you get to drive. And if you are homeless, there's enough wilderness out here, you can just go build yourself a treehouse and live in that thing. Wow. So, like, like unless you go to like downtown St. Louis, and even then, you're not gonna see very many homeless people. That that's amazing. That's like yeah. That's yeah. That's crazy to me because there's so much poop on the street now. It's so ubiquitous. Like you can't go a block without a pile. And it, it could is it man or beast? We we really don't know. People aren't picking up the dog poop. People are literally pooping wherever they want. Um. Usually, if it's liquidous, it's man, but it's 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 it's, it's a fucking like poor, poor diet. It's who knows what they're eating. It's but this is the city is 
absolutely falling apart. It is, and I used to believe in like art and free speech and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm just like, get me the fuck out of here. So, oh, did you were on the, what was it, on City Hall steps with your typewriter typing up poems? Yeah, I used to do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gave art the full run for the money. Yeah, I did. I, I mean, I, I tried, but, and it's fine. I don't, I mean, I don't feel like I failed. I feel like the city's failed me and I don't feel like I failed at comedy. I feel like comedy has failed me because I've done everything I can do to create community, to maintain community, to support others in their dreams and delusions. And I've been there. And it's just, there's just, the compensation that I've received has not been enough. It's just not, it's not enough. And people keep saying, oh, people love you. And I'm like, if people love me, they sure have a shitty way of showing it. If people are going to miss you so much, oh, are they? Because nobody ever calls me. No one asks me to do anything. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm the one who organizes things. And then lately people have decided not to show up. So it's like, people keep going, well, are you going to have a going away party? I'm like, no, I'm not going to organize another event that people won't show up to so I can feel like a piece of shit and that people don't like me. Fuck that. Right. Fuck that. I'm going to organize another party that people aren't going to go to. Go fuck yourselves. I've been organizing things for 10 fucking years. If you, you know what I mean? Like, so anyway, that's, and then people go, oh, are you going to, you're going to miss uh, people. I'm like, I didn't talk to my own mother for 12 fucking years. You think I give a shit about you? Like, are you kidding me? I haven't, I have an ex-husband and a whole life I left in San Diego. Do I ever think or talk about that in any meaningful way? No. Like I'm not, once I move on from San Francisco, to me, it's just like, it feels like just like, you know, high school. I went from high school living with my parents and that was my first life. And then my second life was like college and my now ex-husband. That was like 13 years of my second life. And then here in San Francisco, 16 years, it's my third life. And it's time to have my fourth life. Like, and no regret. Like what's, and that's the other thing too, is like, I have to go. Who else has opportunity like this? Like who else fucking knows people? Like I just know people in Greece. Like I just, love Athens and I totally know their metro system and I can get around on the bus like it's um yeah and I almost feel like when I live over there people will probably visit me more than like I'll probably see my buddy Katie more when I'm in Greece than I do and she lives in Walnut Creek you know (laughs) (laughs) right so anyway it's all gonna be okay I said dude you should do a going away party catch it as like some big show book all these people and then just have everybody show up. And then there's nothing going on (laughs) and then don't answer any phone calls. Don't answer any texts and be like, I gave you guys exactly what you gave me. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Yeah. But then I'd have to do like promotion and stuff. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, we don't even have to promote it. It already sold out. It's already sold out. Everybody yeah. knows that I'm leaving, so everyone already bought tickets. You don't have to even put up a poster. I just need you there. Oh, I see. Friday at eight o'clock. Right. Yeah. And then they get they get nothing. That, but that's the thing is like, for a while I was like 
bitter and vindictive feeling. But at this point, I really, there's no point in feeling that way. It, it doesn't, it doesn't serve me in any way. I mean, well, I mean, it, it's not easy to do a bunch of work and, you know, help people out and then not get compensated, you know, even with just like a favor here or there kind of a thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's, and one of, there's a comedian that I, people keep saying, why do you have such a grudge against this guy? What's wrong? And I said, well, because, and I'll, the, the story is that during the pandemic, I would move heaven and earth for this one particular comedian. He'd show up at my show, not be booked. I'd give him a guest set, everything constantly. He'd drive up in his car, drive by, and I'd be like, oh, and I'd give him a set. And um, and then he started his own room, and it was just an open mic, but it was just after the pandemic. Things had opened, and it was you know exciting when there were things. And I moved heaven and earth to get there because it was like I had a show before, and so it's like 9.30. You say it was going to go till 9.30. I got there at like 9.20. And there were still people there. But he had shut it down. He just shut it off. And he was like, no, I'm sorry. And so I was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. So I sit down. I, I buy a beer to frequent the establishment to like, you know, help them out. And then two other comics walk in. Nicole Tran and Paul Conyers. And this comedian opens it right the fuck back up. Turns that microphone wow. on and says, let's start it up. And so I said... You fucking piece of shit. I've done... Ev- Do these two people, have they ever done anything for you? Have they ever given you stage time during the pandemic? Have they ever, ever given you anything? And they walk in and you open it up because they're here. Because they're special. Because they're better than me. But you won't give me the time? You piece of shit. I see your colors. And I storm the fuck out of there. I was like, fuck you. Bert, you never... I said, you never come to a mutiny radio thing again. And I've been trying to hold it, but he still shows up to open mics. And I, ca- I told him, you're not welcome here. You don't get any of my gifts. Some of my gifts are stage time. You get none of it. And he still shows up. And that's how little he respects me. Is He's like, ah, her word means nothing. But I've told him, like, fuck you, man. And so even we're on shows together sometimes. Like, we were on a Cobbs show together. And I just pretend like he doesn't exist. And he pretends like I don't exist. And it doesn't matter because he has nothing to give me anyway, but that's the thing, is that I'd given him everything and he had one opportunity to help me. And and it was just a stupid open mic, but he chose not to. And so I'm like, you're not my fucking friend at all. And how dare right. I even think that he was my friend? He was using me the whole time. You know? Yeah. So, fuck that guy. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't matter because he's a mediocre comedian who isn't going to go anywhere and... Let him live his life and it's fine. Like, I'm going to move to Greece and be awesome and love my life. And it's so beautiful there. It's it's insane and historic and, like, I mean, it's just filled with, it's just, like, antiquities are in the fucking metro. It's wild. Um, right. Yeah. Anyways. But that's the story of, and, and that's how I feel about so many people is that I've, helped them greatly and now they when they when they garner an opportunity they choose not to share it with me um but that's not true of a certain some people Honiton Ortiz has always been incredibly generous with me Mark Neuer now he books a billion shows he's been incredibly generous um what about Anthony Medina is he still he's around? gone he's gone he's um he's he quit comedy he is um a high school uh, track coach, cross country track coach and um, teacher. He's a math teacher, I think, or um, but he teaches and he coaches and he's 
completely given up on comedy. Just he's just what about worst. old Juan Medina? I haven't seen him. Neither hide nor hair. He actually he got a job for a minute as the door guy at Doc's Clock with drummer comedian Aaron Barrett, who works there. But oh, he really? doesn't do comedy anymore. Nope, not a. Is not Doc's a Clock still open? He's what? Is Doc's Clock still open? Yeah, they moved it down the street. Now it's on Twentieth Street and Mission. Um, but yeah, Aaron still works there on Sundays and Mondays. And I went and I hung out with him on Sunday, and he's in like three bands. Oh, what about uh, Doc's Lab? Oh, that place has been gone forever. That, um, yeah, the, what was his name? The Old Purple Onion? Yeah, the Old Purple Onion is, is nothing now. And um, the guy who had that started, he moved to New York, and he has a room out there now. And um, that's another place I can go. What about the Purple Onion that they were trying to bring back? Right, well, so they put the Purple Onion in the basement at Kells, and that's now not called the Purple Onion, but it's um, where Comedy College does all of his classes and shows. So he's... Oh, that thing's back? That thing is... It's always been around, yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So it's still going on, and... Wow. Yeah. What about old Eloisa Bravo? Nope, she quit comedy. She works... Um, in construction now, I guess full time she did before. She got a house, an apartment. She got a, a, a like a Section Eight apartment or something. She could she aff- could afford to buy, but doesn't she doesn't do comedy ever? Yeah, what about that one weird half lesbian girl that I tried to date? Oh, gone. Uh, fuck. What was her name? I don't remember her name. I don't either, which makes me a jerk face. Um, Something with a T. No, I'll never forget the, um, let's keep it on a high school level. <laughs> yeah, God, I did forget about let's that. keep it on I a high school it. level. And you did the scavenger hunt, the beautiful scavenger hunt. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, you put a lot of time in. God, what was her name? There's so many people who have quit and that just aren't around anymore. It's so funny right. because that's how San Francisco comedy goes. Like, some people get become the chosen ones and they move up and then they eventually move to New York or LA. Some become the chosen ones because they're techie douchebags and they just stay here and do their comedy at their places with their own little group that I'm not a part of. Um, right. and, and then there's the rest of us that flounder around and, and eventually I'm not quitting. I'm just moving to Europe. <laughs> I'm gonna right. like I'm gonna try to book myself everywhere and I know the girl who runs um Athena, she's amazing. She runs the um English speaking comedy club in Athens and um she only does like one open mic a month, but I'm gonna get with her and be like, How many open mics you wanna run, girl? Like I'll fucking <laughs> I'm like this is my wheelhouse. I'm a op- I mean, come on. And yeah. um I mean think of think of how much better your life's gonna be when you're Doing things because they're fun versus like having to be locked into them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine what life is going to be like when I'm not thinking about everybody else. Like, yeah. um, and it's hard because I, I really, whenever I run, and I run open mic seven nights a week, you know, I, I memorize everyone's sets. I just, there's no other way around it. I can do, um, at the end of the festival this year, people were hanging out at this one place and I was pretty wasted. 
and we played a game where I was like, just tell me a comedian and I'll do part of their set. And they just kept <laughs> giving me names of people and I just kept doing their sets and all their jokes. And people were like, how the fuck do you do? And I was like, well, you know, I kind of have a photographic memory and I listen to you guys. Like I'm, I'm the only, that's what they're going to lose when they lose me is they lose the one comedian who actually listened to everyone's jokes and like right. helped them, gave them helpful tags and all the kind of stuff. But that actually like, it's going to suck for them being at open mics when everyone's looking at their phone and nobody's paying attention. It sucks. And right. Well, just imagine how good it's going to be to have a comedic mind. And now you live in a new country. Like yeah. that's going to be endless opportunity for stories and jokes. Whatever. Oh yeah. Um, so how do you, how are you going to communicate with people in the States when you're out there? Do you use WhatsApp or something? Yeah, I mean, there's they use a thing called Vi- Viber, is I guess what they use. But um, I, whenever I've been there before, I just use Facebook Messenger. I don't care. Um, okay. Well, I I've, I've abandoned Facebook. I've gone off of all social media because there was a dude. I had this weird phase where it was like one of the guys that I went through apprenticeship with. Uh, he died. Oh, on a job site from having like an asthma attack his airway closed off Whoa. and then shortly after that um the guy that uh, got in the car accident and lost his ear when i give her i got tased by the police for trying to break in he died oh. and then one of my like childhood friends like me and we, i had three other buddies that we were all really close he he died too and it was like in very quick succession so it was like my comedy life took a hit my construction life took a hit and then like my growing up life and i'm like dude all facebook is doing is letting me know when these people die so oh. i was like i just i don't even I, just, I really don't want to be around it for whenever the election gets kicked up a notch right but I, I was just like, dude, I'm I'm off social media, so it doesn't. I I wish I could get off of it because it 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 is so terrible for my mental health. Every second I spend on Facebook or Instagram, it's awful. It's just like it pains me because it's I just oh, yeah. seeing just the idealized personification of everyone's existence is hard for me. But I know that it's fake. I know that everybody's just putting the face on no one's life can be that awesome um so i i I agree i wish i wasn't i wish i wasn't a part of it but necessary evil um yeah 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 so what are you what are you doing for christmas are you listening to christmas music every day already man i'm i'm holding it back (laughs) and once thanksgiving's over then um then it's going to be full on Christmas zone. <laughs> but it's, I mean, I haven't worked since like the third week of July. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like, it's like, we've just been on my wife's income the majority wow. of this time. And I'm just now, I got to do like two or three more physical therapy sessions. And then, uh, I'll be cleared, uh, physically to return to work. But wow. so we've been, we've been just kind of like, yeah, this is going to be a tight year. <laughs> right. Well, you can, so. you know, make Christmas like bake bread and cookies and like do, you know, like a sewing project or something. <laughs> make a quilt out of your t-shirts. <laughs> or something crazy. 
Right. Well, I mean, you know how excited I get about Christmas, but my wife still has like lasting trauma response from when she was with her uh, ex-husband and she was expected to fully decorate this ginormous house that they lived in and have everything like Martha Stewart perfect. Um, so she still is kind of like resents the idea of Christmas because she thinks she has to do all this work and all this other stuff. So, but you know, whenever you marry someone after they've gotten out of a long-term relationship in a very short amount of time, you're going to encounter those overlapping problems like that. Sure. So, and this is your first marriage. So, right. Yay. That's we were actually talking. You know what's weird is her first name and her middle name are identical to the very first girlfriend I ever had. Wow. The only other girl that I, I was engaged to that girl did way back like before I was 21. <clears throat> but their birthdays are around the same time. Whoa. Um, and there's like a lot of other coincidences. But, you know, one thing that is funny is uh, my mother-in-law, her birthday is Christmas Day. Oh. And my youngest stepdaughter, her birthday is Halloween. Oh, that's cool. And my older stepdaughter, who's just an absolute cunt, uh, her birthday, 9-11. What? (laughs) Wow. Her birthday's on 9-11. Yikes. No wonder she's a disaster. I got, was it, it wasn't in 2001 though, was it? No. No, far after that. 2005, I think. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, that's, that's, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's very telling given her personality. Well, they. That's the other thing is these, these kids want to make up all their own names. Like the oldest was Megan, but. She wants to legally be known as Monroe, but she wants to go by the nickname Monty. Huh, that's cool. And I'm like, hey, you know, uh, there's a comedian that has a joke about if you're giving yourself a nickname, you're an asshole. (laughs) And she was like, oh, what is that supposed to mean? I'm like, I don't know. Why don't you Google it and find out? You know, every teenage girl is an asshole, just so you know. Like... I, one of the only regrets I have in my life, because I really don't regret much, you know, I don't don't remember a lot of the things that I could possibly regret, but I do remember when I was 17, I slapped my mother in the face and she slapped me back and I regret that. Um, so I mean, I was a cunt. I mean, I still am kind of, but, um, I really regret that, uh, 17-year-old girls are the worst. There's no worse person on the planet. The, there's the, oh, dude, it's, the only worst the people. Take the 17-year-old girl the only add in borderline personality disorder. That that's even makes it more difficult. Uh, but the only thing worse than a 17-year-old girl is a woman going through menopause. Um, you're, I got one of those, too. You do. The hormones are so... Okay, here's the thing. Here's the... Here's the the shorthand on, on menopause. So you're, it isn't that your testosterone rises is that your estrogen falls to such dramatic lows that the testosterone, you feel it more. So you just want to like fight and 
fuck until your eggs run out. And and I haven't I haven't had a period in five years now. But um, so the, those hormones are kind of go like all the hormones are going away, kind of, which sucks because I'm starting to look old. But um, when you're first going through it, you you get crazy because you're like a guy because you've got all this testosterone and you're just not used to feeling it, and so it makes right. you fly off the handle and do weird shit like and be aggressive, more aggressive. I got so aggressive um, when I turned like 42, 43, 44. I was, you know, like, oof. And it's the testosterone. So be gentle. And the hot flashes are a nightmare. Oh, my God. Sweating so much. So much wetness in all the wrong places. Oof. Um, Dude, and that's that's what my wife is doing right now. Like, you got to understand, like, when I got married, it was my wife and then it was 15-year-old teenage Megan and 8-year-old Owen. The youngest is now, uh, was transgender, changed her name to Piper, is now saying that she's non-binary and that she feels like she's kind of male sometimes and kind of female sometimes, but she wants to go on blockers because she wants boobs. Oh. Then I have the 17-year-old, who's been hospitalized for mental issues so many times, oh. makes up the craziest false allegations. Huh. Uh, being, 18, uh, being 17 was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, even though they don't ever really do that for people that young. Sure. Then my wife, who's going through her sweaty menopause with bipolar one, and I'm like, dude, I went from an apprentice <laughs> iron worker to journeyman iron worker, and that's my only transition. <laughs> Right, well, now you're transitioned to no colon, man. No colon, man. Right, I'm a semicolon. <laughs> semicolon. <laughs> <laughs> That's clever. You got to write that down. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good joke for parties. That's a really good joke. Well, it'll be a good joke for the pool when I show up next year with all my scars. Yeah. Very cool. I'm a semicolon. Ooh. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you're going through. That's a lot to hold together. Um, a lot of a lot of people to to love and and uh, care for. In, but oh, well, teenage you know, girls. I'm really big on uh, on Navy SEALs just because they're able to push their physical and mental states beyond what normal people can. Mm-hmm. And they would have, you know, like world champion wrestlers or, you know, sports athletes coming through the program, which you would think would give that individual a benefit, and it wouldn't. Almost all those people would essentially drop out and ring the bell because the SEAL teams is so tough. The only way you can become a SEAL is by essentially have the mentality that you're never going to give up. Oh, Nothing else will help you or benefit you. It's only that mentality of never giving up, never quitting. And I definitely feel like when you're doing something major, that's essentially what it is. I thought I'd be great in a relationship after having 15 years of stand-up comedy background. I can communicate and do all that stuff. Well, communication is great until you're with somebody who struggles with it. It doesn't mean shit. So, but your willingness to not give up and not quit is the only thing that uh, keeps you going, so. Yeah. Sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. 
Doc, you got to hang in there and uh, and and stay sober because um, God, alcohol is the devil. Oh yeah, it's. I figure if it ever gets bad enough, and I just want everyone to leave, I can just start smoking and drinking again. Be <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you guys wanted it, you got it. Yeah. Well, uh, during during the festival and in its subsequent time, I've. I've had a lot of stress and I tried to express to people that I just don't have the adequate tools to deal with the stress that I'm under. The only yes. tool I have is alcohol and cigarettes and um, I don't see weed as a, as a problem. I see that more of as a helper, but I know that alcohol and, and cigarettes are terrible for me to rely on to, to alleviate stress and to deal, deal with anxiety and issues and worry and all that stuff. And it is the easiest way to forget. But the problem is like last night I had five beers total and I, I browned out at one point um, because no one charged me for any beers. That's the problem. <laughs> it's like <laughs> at, at the Condor Club when I was hosting, I got three free drinks and then I went to this late night open mic and the bartender has a crush on me and so he bought me a beer I didn't even perform at the open mic last night. I put my name on the list, but then I think I wisely told the host, I'm too wasted to go up. I think it's a bad idea. And then I got on the bus and I went and bought Indian food. Um, oh, did you get your goat? No, that place closed. Um, no shit. Yeah. And it, it, so now I get, I go to a new place and samosa, veggie pakora, one non bread. They have really good green sauce. Um, 15 bucks. It's, Everything's so expensive now. It's, it's, it's awful. Oh, I know. But I do love my Indian food. Is um, Donatiera still there? What? Where? Donatiera's? No, that place closed across the street. Now is a, It's a place called um, Meal 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 Beso Meal like a million besos or something. Um, kisses, and um, and they have it's it's filled every weekend for brunch, but it's like um, fourteen dollar fucking French toast, which I think is insane. I don't think French yeah. toast should be $14, but everything in this, that's like well-priced, I guess, in this neighborhood. It's it's crazy. There's a new place up on the corner where the progressive coffee shop used to be, and now it's this fancy, it's called El Chato, which means a little bit, and I think it's like Portuguese tapas or something. Asiento's <laughs> still there, but she's, you know, always, it's, things are not easy for her either. And the coffee shop is doing great. They're they're the coffee shop in the middle. They have like four places all around San Francisco. They're kind of murdering it. But this is the place. We're the last sort of holdout of dirt baggery. And it's after December 31st. It's it's gone, you know. So I it'll be interesting to see what this building becomes on our block. Probably another place with $14 French toast or whatever. I don't know. I don't so know what. December 31st, is that when the lease is up and everything's done? No, we've been month to month anyways. I'm actually paying the rent through January 31st, but I'm closing down all the station stuff so that I can clean up and have like a garage sale and have like, because I'm not, obviously I'm not going to take, I, I have all this vinyl, all of these CDs, like there's so much stuff here, all the chairs, the piano, the board, computers, like turntable, all the stuff, so much art. And I'm going to, you know, I have to throw away a bunch of stuff and I'm going to give away a bunch of stuff. I'm going to try to sell whatever I can, um, right. like a garage sale. And um, yeah, it's a real shame. I, I wish I could 
pack everything up and move it all to Greece, but that it makes no sense. It it makes no sense. So, and it's okay. I I I mean, as much as I've loved radio for ten years and, and podcasting and all this kind of stuff, and I, I I'm done. I don't really have a passion for radio anymore. I it's taught me how to speak into a microphone pretty great. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I'm you know I just I don't really have a passion for it I I still love comedy I still love writing I'm you know I don't I don't know I have you know I have a weird variety of gifts you know I bake great cookies and bread like where I might use that in Greece I don't know maybe I I mean I I don't know I don't know what's going to happen or what opportunities are going to present themselves but you know I'm malleable (laughs) I'll get it done I'm, I'm honestly not worried I'm just the only thing I'm worried about is like getting rid of my things and finding nice homes for, you know, like I'm not going to take all my magic cards. It's one of those things where I know, well, will I regret not taking all my magic cards? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I will take some magic cards. I have a lot. I have a lot. I have so many that, you know, there's, I've actually been giving some boxes away. Just like I, I might keep a couple decks, you know, but I don't right. foresee myself having all these, and I've got I've got so many of them. Anyway, it's all that kind of stuff, right? Like I'm purging, I'm throwing things away. I, like I'm not taking all of my costumes with me. Ah, no way! Like it's, but yeah. it, they're just things, and I'll collect new things, and right. who knows what's. But it's going to be really nice to have the freedom to be light and to move around wherever I want. You know, like maybe I, maybe I go to Czechoslovakia. I don't know. I've never been there. I don't even think Czechoslovakia exists anymore, but uh, Albania or, you know, Serbia. It exists in the hearts and souls of its citizens. (laughs) Right. Armenia. There's all kinds of places, but yay. Well, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably come visit you. Why not? We'll see what happens. I don't know, but I'm really easy to contact, um, well, I'll probably keep, I'll keep the same number, probably <laughs> this phone number. Will it will it work? What happened? Would your phone work over there for phone calls? Well, that's the funny thing is when I was in Greece last time, I could receive texts, but I don't think my texts sent, which was weird. Um, mm-hmm. and but we'll figure it out. I I usually just use I just use Messenger, but. The, it, it's unencrypted or whatever. It's better to encrypt. So I'm gonna get this fiber thing. I don't know. Whatever technology, I'll work it out. I might even just how much? Uh, how much does a plane ticket cost to go from there uh, back to the United States? So SFO to Athens round trip on Turkish Airlines, which is my favorite way to fly because they have good food, and it's seven hundred and forty-three, including taxes, round trip. That's like just okay. the price it is all the time. Sometimes it goes up in August, just because that's like the holiday month, and so you could pay like a thousand for the same ticket instead of. 743 but that's that's like with what the regular price is that you I can get them for cheaper if I do a little legwork or if I choose to like fly from here to New York and then fly from New York to Athens I can do different carriers and make it cheaper but I don't know I just like to go straight do the straight shot and um right Turkish Airlines is is pretty great and they always they, they always like hook me up like with better seats and stuff and 
I don't know. Someday I might be able to fly business class. That's fucking fancy. But <laughs> it is. They, they're so different. They don't they don't feed you they feed you food differently and they give you anyways, it's it's not worth fifteen hundred dollars though, each way. So Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. I'm not a rich person. I'm still but seven forty three isn't bad. So no. come to Greece. Um well, awesome. this was amazing. Thank you for calling me. I feel really good. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a hold of you too uh, once we get into December and we get closer to the station shutdown date. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's one thing whenever it's like looming out in front of you, it's another thing when you're actually starting to go through it. So Right. We'll make yeah. sure you're supported. It's yeah, it's I mean I'm but I'm being good about it. Like when I look at the view from the station, I think to myself, this is the last time I'll look at this this way at this time of year. You know, when I look at the tower and I'm trying to remember everything and be like mindful of my time here. And I've been walking a lot more around and just like really looking at things in the city so I can remember them and just, you know, being grateful for my time here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You want to be appreciative or appreciative of what you had. And at the same time, keep fostering that excitement for the new adventure to come. Yeah. Yeah. And all my tarot cards are the same. They're all like the tower and death and, but new begin, the fool, new beginnings, things are going to be great. Like, and all these really positive ones, like it's like what the future is, it's the sun, the universe, the whole world belongs to you. You can do anything you want. So (laughs) I'm trying to like foster those feelings. Ooh, you know what I get to do today at three 30? I get to hang out with Nicole Tran. She's, um, up from LA and she's, um, Take, she's taking me to Tartine for a pastry. Fa- no, fancy. She, I don't know if I remember Nicole Tran. She um, she has she her opening joke is about being in Vietnam. She's like uh, she sings this crazy song in Vietnamese, and then she goes, "Feel free to sing along if you know the words." Um, and she has a Bing her cousin Bing Bing, and anyways, she. What about uh, Nicole Love? Oh, she's gone. She doesn't do comedy anymore. None of those people do. Really? No Ruby Gill, no Nicole Love, no Planted in the Butthole. Uh, plant a flag in the butthole. That guy, he's gone. Um, I saw Griff Daly die. Who? Remember Griff Daly? Oh, yeah, Griffin Daly. I know he died. Yeah, he had, like, colon cancer. Super sad. Frosty Nugs is gone. Frosty Nugs died. That really, that really, that was difficult for me. Um Frosty yeah. Nugs. You know, the only regret I have is I never slept with him. He always tried to sleep with me, and I was like, nah, you pay for prostitutes. I'm okay. I'm going to sit this one out. But I, I kind of, little regret there that I never slept with Frosty, and then he died. Ugh, that was really rough. People didn't, I'm still, like, I play his soul sausages. I have them in the night playlist because, um, you know, I'm I'm bummed that guy's dead. It sucks. Yeah. Who else is dead? Um, what was the black guy that used to always hang out with Nicole Love. That's why I'm wondering. Charles Hoffa Kelly. That's who yeah. plant, that's plant the that's the plant the flag in the butthole joke guy. Charles okay. Hoffa Kelly. He's gone. He's gone. Jeez. Everyone's yeah, there are very few Tony Sparks is still around. He he was in and out of the hospital this weekend, which is scary and terrible. He's also having tummy issues. Um Oof. but he's still around and um what was the guy that used to always buy cookies for brainwash? 
a Kikoa or a Koa? Oh, uh, well, Kikoa O'Brien is gone. He got married, and or he was married. Yeah. I think maybe he had a kid, but um, it's he d- does Il Parada, and he's still around. And it's um, Kiko Breitz. Kiko Breitz. He doesn't do a lot, but every once in a while, he does something at El Parado. Um, God, I remember when you used to run Fridays with Lalique? Oh, my God. Yes. She's, well, actually, she's still in town because I saw her because she was with her mother and they were at um, drummer comedian Aaron Barrett has a band called, they do all uh, Buddy Holly covers and like 50s cover songs and it's called Val Holly's. Anyways, he's the lead singer and he's the guitarist. And Lalique was there with her mom because someone they knew was in the band too. And it was at the Great American Music Hall. And that's the last time I saw Lalique. Uh, but she doesn't do comedy anymore either. Nobody does. Ben's, uh, Ben Lupinetti, he's gone. I don't know what happened to him. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, they're all, they're all gone. Chris Chipakazi? Oh, he still lives with his mom in Walnut Creek in that um, Rossmore, which is an old folks area neighborhood thing. And he, I saw that he was on Vahe Hove of, he had a show at this really big theater in Walnut Creek that I saw Chris Chupacazi was on. But he, I, he doesn't do anything in the city, that's for sure. And I haven't seen him on a show in a, in a dog's age. But he's still alive. Jeez. Yeah. Well, there That's you, crazy. I know. It's life is weird and then it's just will will anyone remember Pam Benjamin? I mention you every once in a while and people are like, "Who?" <laughs> like yeah. Steve Poggi. Like, "Come on." I, like, hmm? I think the saddest one I saw was Kevin Monroe. Oh, Kevin Monroe, he moved. He's down in um LA. He went to LA and then his shit just got fucking terrible. And he ended up fleeing from there. Really? Someone stole like his cell phone, stole his bike. Then someone's dog attacked him. Jesus. He, he had some posts like, dude, fuck this place. I'm leaving. I'd, I'd never moved to L.A. I, um, no way. No way. But this is, this. Especially I just thought about this. This is the first time I'm going to be living anywhere but California. And it's... Uh. Isn't that weird? I, but it, it makes sense. It's like Athens is just like San Diego, except that it's not like San Diego people-wise. It's like the people in Athens are like San Francisco 16 years ago. Honestly, they love metal. They love metal music right. so much. Uh, they love motors. They have a huge motorcycle culture. Huge in Athens. There's a big, big dive bar scene. Uh, it's... Um, yeah, and so many artists, so many artists. Like, it's it's quite, it's crazy. So, yay! That's dope. Um, All right, Pammy. Well, yeah, I'll let I'll you get let back you to your life and your wife. Feel better, and um, oh, uh, congratulations on surviving your multiple surgeries. <laughs> right, I just got to make it to the new year, and we'll be good. And you're gonna be great. Okay, well, <laughs> love, 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 and um, I'll talk to you soon. Hundred percent. I love you. Have a good uh, December because I'm gonna be checking in. Cool. Okay. All right. Kiss, kiss your you wife for me. Bye. Love you. Bye.
Well, that, everybody, was old Dubface. That was really fun. And we did our conversation on the air like professionals, and I'm so happy. And um, thanks, you guys, for listening to Mutiny Radio. I'm in a much better mood. I wasn't in a bad mood today, though, anyway. I got to sing my songs for you, and then I got to talk to Steve Foji. Yay, my friend. And he gave me another option. All these options just keep coming up for Benjamin. Everything's coming up, Benjamin. All right. No OMG tonight, fans and friends, because it's the holiday weekend and Rakesh is giving everyone a night off. But I will be at Tope tonight at 8 o'clock for a hella funny show. Thanks to Mike's Evan, Mike Evans Jr. And uh, yeah. All right, everybody have a good day. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit faced McRat. <laughs> Patrick Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all-ages open mic invites comics Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing 2 to $5 at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio studio and gallery performance space, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep mission. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. Hey, kids. It's your pal, Spiderman. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. When I'm not swinging through the senior facility, best in Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the rhino, I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. 
They got some Shamil's doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate two to five dollars on. Hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses. The print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown it on. I'll, it's nap time. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. There is <laughs> happy, happy hour the, is when the comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours, hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming Live, 2781 21st Street. Come down, be in the audience. Dog friendly. Dog friendly. We are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog friendly. Ooh, a dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. 2781 21st Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Here. In dot SF. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed vests right here at the Pacific Northwest Vest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need. And ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we going to do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That, that's Titans of Comedy. Apparently they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday. Or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you. It's sunshine, and even in the drizzle, but not too much. Hey, Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it with the freezers. Reservations. Reservations on Eventbrite. Fucking. L S D fap acid fapping fapping acid acid fapping fapping acid fap 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. 
podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco. I was just leaving the theater. Convertible. 1969 gold Cadillac with the white material that drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. around in it on the freeway and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising that Cadillac on the freeway. Good feeling, I'll tell you. Can I see? Uh, Laurie Stanton. Jesus. Voice is absolutely right. I am Teddy, Elias, and Adolescent. And I will cut the... Hello, Blake. Henry. Yeah. Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your, uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Okay. Captain Curls, up in the head. Mutiny Radio Festival, ahoy. Ah, very good. Ah, very good, Legless Joe. I'm surprised you can see from the crow's nest with no legs. It's to get ready! Crew, the festival is upon us! Scurvy Steve, how many comics? Over a hundred comics. You're looking good, Scurvy Steve. Glad the scurvy hasn't taken you. Aye, aye, Captain. You, no liver Mary, how many venues? We've got nine venues, sir! And you, boy, what's your name? Very good. And finally, Eleven Fingers Sally. What about the tickets? You can find all of your tickets on Eventbrite, sir. Check out www.mutinyradio.fm. What is that? I don't know what a website is. I'm a pirate. (laughs) (laughs) But quick to the festival. All sails ahead. Pirate noises. Download a podcast and you can listen on the go. 